is Domino Harvey. You're probably wondering how a girl like me arrived here. I am a bounty hunter. My name is Domino. What I say will determine whether or not I spend the rest of my life in prison. Let's start at the beginning. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the B-Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Kautzer, and I'm very excited about not only today's movie, but uh, this double feature in general. Um, as you guys already know, as we talked about uh, the last couple of episodes, we are, uh, we are uh, highlighting badass women in cinema, and that can take many forms and shapes, and this week it is badass women in crime films, and we're looking at 2005's Domino, and uh, then uh, on the next episode, we are actually looking at uh, the 90s um, underseen, underrated classic by F. Gary Gray, Set It Off. Uh, but let's let's just kind of get into the thick of it with uh, Domino. Uh, like I said, released in 2005, uh, directed by Tony Scott, our first Tony Scott film that we've covered in definitely not going to be our last but uh and uh, we'll get to tony scott in a minute uh it's uh, it's been something that i've been looking forward to and and actually equally dreading talking about is tony scott uh and we'll get into that in a moment uh but let's just get into the film itself um the film is a quote-unquote um true life the true life story of domino harvey uh daughter of uh, daughter of Lawrence Harvey, uh, the uh, the star of the Manchurian Candidate, uh, the actual titled character, the Manchurian Candidate himself, uh, whose daughter would go on to be a supermodel and then at a certain point completely change her life and her career and become a bounty hunter. Um and this film <laughs> it has nothing to do with true life events or reality. This is the machinations and um, and creative output of two men, uh, Mr. Tony Scott and uh, Richard Kelly, uh, the screen uh, the screenwriter of the film, also a director in his own right, um, director of the cult favorite Donnie Darko, um, the underseen The Box, and the, the undescribable Southland's Tales, uh, which I don't know if we're ever going to get to. Um, it's, it's a film that has grown on me, but I have some very complicated feelings about. But let's actually talk, we're not here to talk about that movie, we're actually here to talk about Domino. And it tells this very convoluted story of uh, $10 million of the mob's money that ends up in the wrong hands, the right hands, but the wrong hands that sets off a series of events that uh, culminate in a classic Tony Scott uh, shootout. This one uh, atop the very famous and iconic stratosphere, which I'm not mistaken, is no longer there. Um, oh, and it, it is it is a classic Tony Scott uh, Mexican standoff that ends in a hail of gunfire. But uh, what I feel like 
this movie does right, and there is a lot of things that it does right, is that it purposely does things like makes the story super convoluted to the point of ridiculousness. It doesn't decide to tell a straight ahead linear uh, biopic like version of Domino Harvey's life. Instead, they use the they use her life. Um, from what I understood, uh, Richard Kelly and Tony Scott had conducted literally hundreds of hours of interviews with Domino Harvey and the real life Choco and um, uh, Clarence Williams the Third, which I always find is really funny as a name because you're casting DeRoy Lindo as a bail bondsman named Clarence Williams the Third, which is really ironic considering that there is an actor named Clarence Williams uh, the Third and would have been perfect in that role, though DeRoy Lindo is pretty amazing in uh, in his own right, of course. But uh, they spent literally hundreds of hours interviewing these, uh, all of the real-life people that surrounded Domino's life, and um, concocted a script that was more about the spirit of her life rather than her life in actuality. I mean, there are moments in here that are, like, on par with, like, the craziest shit that you've seen in film. I mean, it, you have a point where they, um, <laughs> uh, in a very strange scene, you see um, the guy who plays Choco uh, take sever somebody's arm with a shotgun and does it purposely for a for a very specific reason. And this is the kind of film that it is. It's an unapologetic R-rated film. Um, even now, nowadays in the sanitized um, era of of PG-13 movie is King, which is only, I mean, this film is only about 13 years old. This movie would get an X rating. I'm pretty sure that it would get an X rating uh, just for the content alone. Like the violent content um, is just, it's, it's good. I mean, if you like violent movies, this is the movie for you. Of course, I mean, it's a fucking Tony Scott film, but I think that this isn't extra, extra. Uh, Not to be, uh, not to be mistaken with other Tony Scott films, but I mean, this is, uh, this was almost paired up with a, just doing a, a Tony Scott double feature multiple times with, um, with True Romance, which it makes, it makes sense to do these two together, but I wanted to talk more about this as a film about some badass women and and not just Kira Knightley, but there are a couple of other uh, female characters in this film that on the sly, I feel like Tony Scott himself, even though they're, I mean, like he's made a film that is not just pro feminist, but it, it also talks about the details and the shit that, that that's glommed onto women. Um, I feel like this, this film is like a, a really undiscovered gem when it comes to uh, the social critiques that it's making. It's not just making social critiques about um, men and their preconceived notions of what women can do, but also what other women think that women can do. Um, race relations, uh, money. Uh, it, it's all very interesting and very convoluted. I mean, for 
for a movie that is two hours and five minutes, it feels like it's bursting at the seams with a lot of ideas, a lot of story, and it's told in this manic, manic pace uh, that only Tony Scott could do. This is like Tony Scott in his in his like in which is unfortunately the final phase of his career but it was in that phase of of tickish editing and using multiple stops uh multiple different stops running the film uh, like running the film through multiple times to get uh, double triple quadruple exposures on things uh filming with eight millimeter 16 millimeter various high um high contrast film stocks and editing, editing the editing this stuff within like to the bone, to where it's almost hallucinogenic. I know that a lot of people disliked this movie upon release, but watching it now, it feels like like if there was a movie that defined the aughts stylistically. I always feel like Tony Scott's always like his films are so. Like, like when you watch his films, other than a very few, uh, even even the few that I would consider are kind of timeless, still have a twinge of the era that they're from. And it's because Tony Scott is like a primo, if not one of if not one of the best visualists, the best visualist that we had from the moment that he uh, the moment that he premiered, like, you know, his feature film debut opened with The Hunger all the way to um, his last film, um, Unstoppable, which is a fucking movie about a, a train that cannot stop. And it still manages to be this amazing fucking movie. Um, I mean, I even have respect for his work on uh, The Taking of Pelham 123, the remake, and I'm a huge fan of the original. But here he's playing in a different mode than I think that he ever got to play in, which is um, telling a female-centric story. And it's it's pretty fucking amazing because I think what people will mistake as misogyny in this whole entire film, because this movie does not sugarcoat um, the men's treatment of Domino or even the men's treatment of Monique's character or the, 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 the ladies of the DMV as Domino, who's narrating the story tells us uh, that he doesn't sugarcoat it. I mean, they're, they're, they're constantly called derogatory names. They're constantly pe- treated like pieces of meat. And it's not because Tony Scott is a misogynist or that's the way he feels. I think it's quite the opposite. I think that he is showing an unfiltered point of view. Like we all know guys like these like these fucking pieces of shit that that populate this film. I mean, even the even her coworkers, I mean Choco and Ed uh, are just shitty not just shitty men but shitty human beings. But Scott what he's doing is not he's not making these guys heroes even though i think that it may feel like it and i think that people find this movie questionable because of the fact that it is so derogatory towards towards their the female characters but what i think that ultimately he is doing is he's taking he's taking Kira Knightley's like Kira Knightley's version of Domino and putting her through hell because she's trying to do something that 
that women at that point had not tried to do and was pushing beyond the boundaries. And when when women push beyond the boundaries um, in a male-dominated workforce or or position, uh, position of power, position uh, like, you know, position uh, in society, there are some, con- there are consequences. There are, and not consequences in, in the way that um, I think that you're thinking of it. I'm, I'm more speaking about the, on the lines of there's consequences, meaning that there's going to be fallout and it's not just the victory. It, like it's a hard one run one victory for Domino to become a bail a bail bondsman a bounty hunter not a bail bond a bondsman. There's they're they're very specific. A bail bondsman is very different than a bounty hunter, and that's what Domino was. She was a bounty hunter, but she like it's not just enough for her to succeed at being a a bounty hunter like like that's just the beginning like where this movie goes it's not just like oh and she got her first collar and everything was great no i mean it takes you through the ups and downs and what she has to do in order to survive and navigate this this uh this really fucked up world that she wants to be a part of but what I love about it is that Tony Scott never makes any kind of qualms about that. He doesn't try to psychoanalyze Domino other than to say that this is something that she wanted to do. And any woman should be allowed to do what they want to do. I mean, it is her body. It is her decision. It is her mind. And if she wants to stop being a fucking supermodel and start kicking some teeth in, then that's what she wants to fucking do. And I think that when people watch this film initially, they wanted some kind of fucking explanation about the reasons why. And what I love about it is that Tony Scott kind of gives that to you, but it's such a spit in the eye. Fuck you. I fucking hate this bullshit. Um, with the whole fish, like, you know, the whole fish moment where she, her fish dies when she's a little girl. And it just like, she just says that she learned to never trust anybody ever again. And that's not, that's not Tony Scott being, and Richard Kelly being coy or glib about things. It's literally their middle finger to, Everybody that wants psychoanalyzation of something, especially with these kinds of films. And it's like, I don't want those. I don't want that. I just want to see. I just want to see characters interact. I don't want an explanation. And I think that uh, far too often, I mean, starting in the like the mid 90s, mid to late 90s, there was this push um, to try to psychoanalyze characters, which it's just not. I mean, we, we don't get a scene in Taxi Driver where they talk about uh they talk about uh, uh Travis Bickle's fucking uh, like state of mind at a certain moment they just let him be they let him interact with the world and through those interactions we get an understanding of who this person is and i feel like domino does the same thing that taxi driver does is that it allows us even though there's a narration it allows us to see domino interact with this very dangerous, very violent, very fucked up world of 
uh, of bounty hunting and uh, and allows us to see what she has to deal with and how she has to navigate it and um it's like yes it is very sexist it's it's racist it's it's ugly it's disturbing it's violent um it's vile but you know what that's the world that she is in and i really don't get how people can mistake what tony scott was doing with this film for anything other than trying to trying to show trying to like be very faithful to the world that domino harvey had described to to him and richard kelly over those hundreds of hours of tapes i mean if anybody who's had somebody that lived that uh, worked in law enforcement will know that this world is way different than uh, like this is a different world than than the world that you're accustomed to if you're not if you're not if you're if you're law-abiding citizens uh when that stuff happens and that goes out the window it's very different um and i feel like Tony Scott wanted to make like his own Michael Mann film in a way, but through the lens of Tony Scott. And also he wanted to make a film that showed what, what a woman had to do and continues to have to do. Like the victory isn't just getting the job. They like, that's not like, that's a hard earned victory, but that is like the first of two to four, 15,000 steps that a woman will have to go through when she is the first of her kind to uh, to the first of her um the first of like you know the, the the first woman to do anything and I think he perfectly illustrates this with this movie and Kira Knightley fuck she is so fucking good in this movie like you know what I understand that people love her work with Joe Wright um give like you know it, it's really to me it's really sad that tony scott had not i i can't even talk about tony scott because it makes me so emotional like he was a he was a director that really meant a lot to me in my life but it's really fucking sad that that he has like he wasn't around because i feel like the work that he got out of kira knightley was so good that they would have eventually worked together again on something um like uh i just recently saw red sparrow uh it's 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 an okay movie but the the thing that i thought about instantly was this is not a a, this is not a j uh jennifer uh jennifer lawrence um film this is a fucking kira knightley film directed by tony scott that's what it begged to be with Edgar Ramirez in the in the role that uh, Joel Edgerton was cast in and it it just I feel like he found something in her that no one else has before or since uh there's this terseness this toughness that I like is not I know, like, when I was reading reviews of this, like, when I was doing my research, I was flabbergasted. Go ahead and read the reviews, and specifically read the reviews that are aimed at Kira Knightley. And they are literally, it's almost like a meta-commentary of, like, exactly what Tony Scott was trying to make a point of, is that they, like, male critics thought that she was too slight, too 
you know, whatever, whatever you, whatever, like, you know, derogatory statement about her as, um, as a woman you would like to say. And it was sickening. Like you, you look at it and you go, fuck, what the fuck? I'm like, you know, when I see it, when I watch her in Domino, I see this woman that has found somebody who completely trusts her decisions as an actor in Tony Scott. And there's a confidence and a bravado to the work that she does here that I don't feel is is ever present in her work even now. There's like she is so she's so loose and confident in this film in the best way possible. And and never again have I seen her like have that kind of that that kind of confidence in herself in a role. Um Domino is a is a troubled figure, but she knows who she is. And the way that the way that she is allowed to play that that particular kind of role is for for a young actress that like doesn't often get to do that. I mean, even now, like, you know, you watch her and and work and she's so stiff, like I don't know what Tony Scott did, but he definitely freed her up to have one of the most relaxed performances I've ever seen her. And in in control, like when I saw the movie, the one thing that I realized was I was like, fuck, this is this is what everybody's been talking about. This is the, the this is like the the actress that was in Pride and like that everybody saw was in Pride and Prejudice, but I just didn't see it. And it's just kind of it's a wonderful wonderful performance by her and uh nothing to take away from her from her from her supporting cast because there are just literally a, a who's who of not only tony scott regulars but uh, some really oddball choices but it's her show like this is Kira Knightley's movie. As much as it's Domino's movie, it is it is Kira Knightley's movie who's front and fucking center and just kicking ass and taking names. I mean, like we talked about the supporting the supporting cast. I mean, we've got uh, you've got Mickey Rourke, Edward Edgar Ramirez as I've already mentioned, DeRoy Lindo, I've already m- mentioned Monique motherfucking Dabney Coleman is in this fucking movie. Uh Lucy Liu, Macy Gray, yes, the the singer Macy Gray who does fucking great. Um uh Rib uh Riz Abisi, uh Jacqueline Bissett, uh Christopher Walken, Mina Savari, Brian Austin Green, Ian Ziering, Tom Waits and Jerry Springer. With that fucking kind of cast, you have to ask yourself, how the fuck do they all fit in? And the best part is, if you've never seen this film, Brian Austin Green plays Brian Austin Green and Ian Ziering plays Ian Ziering. And I will tell you, it's the best thing that Ian Ziering, Ziering has ever been a part of and the second best thing that Brian Austin Green has ever been in. And I will tell you, the best thing that he's ever been in is the Terminator uh, TV series. Now, I know what you guys are probably pulling out your head, hair yelling at me saying I'm a fucking moron, but you know what? I own that shit. I own two the 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 two seasons of that that shit on Blu-ray and I would recommend it to anybody. It's the best thing other than the first two Terminator movies that has ever been has ever been done in the Terminator series. And you have, I, I will leave you with this. You have Lena Headley, a.k.a. Cersei, as Sarah Connor. The best Sarah Connor. Which is so weird considering uh, the last Sarah Connor was Khaleesi. 
of all people. <laughs> I'll just leave you like that weird Game of Thrones kind of tidbit. But um, yeah, this cast is it's like any any Tony Scott film post true romance. They're just on fire and he gets performances out of them that are just uniquely like his like his style of acting. Um, and, you know, Lucy Liu, Macy Gray and Monique all do amazing work. Like after after I saw this film. It was not a shock to me that Monique would eventually go on to uh, be nominated for an Academy Award. Like it just it it did not um, it did not uh, like surprise me in one bit because she's fucking amazing in this. Uh, she's fucking amazing in this film as a as the as the quote-unquote Guinness Book of World Records holder for youngest grandmother. But, like any Tony Scott film, like, that is just a punchline, but underneath, and as you get to know these characters, there's so much more to them. And Monique especially, I mean, like, oh, I forgot, she actually won the Academy Award for Precious. But you watch this movie, and you can tell, like, she is not a flyby, like, this is not a stand-up comedian just doing a just doing her thing. This is fucking a woman that is completely in control of her, her craft as an actress. Watch the, the moments between her character and the little weasel shit white boy that comes up to her and basically bullies her into doing something. Uh, and I won't give away the plot, especially because it's really fucking confusing. That is the one, that is the one caveat I will give to you in regards to this film is that just before warned, this movie is like an Elmore Leonard story on acid if fucking <laughs> if fucking uh, Hunter S. Thompson got a hold of it and just started making his own version of that Elmore Leonard like, you know, of that Elmore Leonard short story. That's exactly what you would get when you're talking about uh, Domino. So just be forewarned, but that's not a bad thing to me. Um, and then, but uh, getting back on point, uh, what what I love is how they take the joke and they just head on, like you know, in the writing and the direction they they push it right on, and then they allow the actor to just decimate that cliche and decimate that punchline. And Monique does that better than any of the other actors or actresses in this film. Like she is truly like an amazing, like an amazing part of this film, like her and her and Domino, like the, the, their characters like uh Kira Knightley and Monique's characters are the the heart and the spine of the movie though you would think like when you watch it initially you don't think that that's the case but towards the ending moments you can tell that these two women have nothing but the utmost respect for each other not just as people who have worked together but there's this there's this moment at the end that like watching it um now a couple of years removed from the last time i watched it 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 emotionally grabbed me because it's about it's not just about two like you know two people who've worked together but it's about two women looking at one another and realizing that that 
ultimately they they have to help one another and they do and it's a moment that when i first saw it i didn't understand it but now with a little bit of age and a little bit of time watching this moment it's one of the most honestly humane moments in a tony scott film uh it's just like after i saw this i was like after re-watching this movie it made me want like right after this like i had wished that he would have been able to return to revenge and make another version of revenge with another cast because there seems to be like i love revenge it's one of my favorite tony scott films but what i feel that it's missing this 10% of extra humanity to make it connect. It connects for me, but it connects for me in a way that harsher movies connect. Uh, the the way that Jim Thompson movies connect um, or Jim Thompson novels, which it's based on Jim Thompson novel, connects where it's a cold and heartless world and there are fleeting moments of 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 love and humanity Um that eventually end up getting sunk under the riptide of darkness. Um, but I feel like there would have been like Tony Scott in 2005, if he had taken on revenge would have, would have had a little bit more, like just that 10% more of humanity that she, that, that you needed to make that movie, um, a classic in everybody's eyes. Um, and here, like, there's that 10% extra percent of humanity along with the pitch black darkness uh, that is this world that they're inhabiting. And uh, it, it's just like I look at it and I, I, I wonder, I know why people don't like this movie, but I often wonder why there has not been more of a cult following or um, more people that have become uh, domino converts because this fucking movie is just it's it's fantastic and it's well written and it's purely a hundred percent Tony Scott for better or for worse. Um, it, it it what interests me just as much is that that Tony Scott had this project for close to close to ten over ten years as he was developing it he went through various writers one of which was Roger Avery um, wrote a script but it was a very streamlined A B and C. Um, version of the Domino Harvey story and it and he was looking for something different and he found it in Richard Kelly but the more interesting fact I found which is a connected tissue to last week's episode is Sharon Stone was initially initially attached to star in this film um, around 93 94 around the time that she was making Quick and the Dead, which we just talked about last week. And I found that very interesting. I could have, like, seeing mid-90s Tony Scott, like, the Tony Scott that had just come off of True Romance making Domino with fucking, with, with fucking Sharon Stone, like, that to me is super fucking interesting. Super interesting. Um, and then later on, um, in the late '90s, early 2000s, after um, after Out of Sight, uh, Jennifer Lopez was actually attached, which also brings me into this whole completely other um, Tony Scott version. This is like like this would be like right after Enemy of the State, um, and J uh, Jennifer Lopez. I wanted to call her J Lo, but that's just not 
you know, I, I, fi- I find that disrespectful to just call her J-Lo. She's Jennifer Lopez. I mean, regardless of what, what anybody thinks, I mean, she's she's got some great performances in her. And I know that she, she was actually somebody that I had thought about working in to this month of uh, Badass Women's and just focusing on her her career a little bit with some very... Uh, some very pointed conversations about some really great work that she's done. I think that she does not get enough credit um, as an actress, though I feel like also she doesn't help the matter by like recently starring in a lot of shit, but there is a time and a point where she did do some fucking fantastic work. And just like thinking about that, like say right after, right after out of sight, her and Tony Scott hook up to make domino that would be fucking amazing um but i'm ultimately glad that he that he chose to make it at this point in his career um because it's it seems like it's the perfect movie at this point like this is like his master thesis on the uh, the style that he was making in the er, uh, in the early to to late aughts and it was just it's perfect like watching it again it it's the per it's one of the perfect Tony Scott movies. It may not be a perfect movie, or or like you know cinematically, people may find it just lacking. But to me, it is the perfect Tony Scott movie. And like ultimately, that's the hardest thing was like I realized after Tony passed, after after he passed, I hadn't watched any of his movies, or I hadn't seen a lot of them because like it shook me when when he committed suicide i still remember the day when I, like when they announced it and I, I i just still don't have the words because he he was one of the filmmakers that had inspired me to be to want to be a filmmaker to want to talk about film um uh, i like it was there were some very there were very few moments in my life that defined me and tony scott and some very specific some a very specific run of movies like really cemented him in in my life i mean top gun of course like every kid of a certain era of a certain age in my age group i mean we we saw top gun and we didn't see the reagan propaganda we saw this fucking amazing movie about fighter pilots we didn't see the gay subtext we just saw this badass movie about fucking fighter pilots um you know, I, Top Gun is as much of an influential film, I feel like, as Star Wars. I mean, I, I'll say it. I mean, and then the fact that, like, there's a little twinge of regret to me that Tony, like, that Tom Cruise would make another Top Gun movie without Tony. Like, that feels like a little bit of a betrayal unless it's somebody like Joe Carnahan. Like, I feel like Joe Carnahan understands Tony Scott better than anybody else and has reinterpreted like he is his own like I hate to say Carnahan is his own version of Tony Scott but he kind of is he he does his own thing but he deals with kind of the similar territory territory that Tony did and uh, you know and still does there there's a verboseness there's uh, there's a verboseness to the way that his visual style is as tony's was i, I think that tony is more of an innovator uh, was more of an innovator though uh, more so than than uh joe carnahan but yeah i mean like top gun 2 like as much as i'm 
like what and kind of interested at the same time there's a piece of me that's like no not without tony like this is tony this was this was tony's baby through and through yeah simpson and bruckheimer whatever fuckers do fucking coke i i i mean seriously guys i mean tony scott made that fucking film and uh revenge revenge was a film that i saw very early i i literally saw it I think it was in 91, literally after it was released onto cable. I I, I, rem- I still remember seeing the Showtime ad for it and going, what the fuck? Wait, the dude that did Top Gun did a movie with the dude from Dances with Wolves and the Untouchables and Bull Durham. And it has one of my favorite actresses from the 90s, Madeline Stowe. And it's a... It's this sexy crime film. I mean, I was hooked. And then when I saw it, it devastated me. Um, and though, and then, of course, True Romance. Like, True Romance was a movie that uh, that I was, I was at the right age to see that movie. Um, it was, I had just seen Reservoir Dogs. Pulp Fiction had not come out. And it was like, and I, I, I think I've told this story before on the podcast, and maybe I haven't, but um, it was a thing that, like, my dad and me had a thing. Like, Quentin was a thing for me and my dad. Like, he was the one that actually showed me Reservoir Dogs. His friend Brett saw, I mean, I'd heard about Reservoir Dogs, of course. I mean, you read Premier Magazine back in the day or Entertainment Weekly, and you heard about this film. But it was his friend Brett um, that had told him he needed to see this movie. And so one Friday night we rented it and blew our fucking minds away. I remember record, like, you know, I know not, (laughs) I was a kid. What do you expect? I recorded that shit. And then I proceeded to watch it like seven more times. Um, and like, like true romance was just, it was there because it was fucking Tony Scott and it was Quentin Tarantino like you know teaming up so it's all to say that tony was a big and still is a big part of my my cinematic like uh, my cinematic memories um and this film i feel like it represents him in the best way possible it also represents like the unfiltered like the unfiltered bullshit that women have to go through to push forward and be seen as equals in in and how how hard they have to work for that um and it's just kind of very appointed it's a very pointed conversation that's never that's never really it's never slapped in your face but I think that so many people had this mistaken for something that it really wasn't. And I really hope that you guys go and take a look at this film and kind of give it a reassessment and really look at it with some fresh eyes. Because I think what you'll find is a film that is is a feminist film. It, it, it's a it's a film that's that believes that 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 women should be able to push through, but it's also very realistic about the the shit that women will have to put themselves through and what they have to put their bodies through to get someplace and it's not fair and it's not right and it's not saying that it has to be this way it's literally presenting you with a point of view of the world and putting a mirror to it that is a little bit harsher than i think that people want to see in cinema but 
it's done through a lens of of an action film which makes it a lot more palpable but it's not an empty action film like i think that some critics have said it is it's definitely not so they do it does have a blu-ray it and it definitely has a dvd which i will tell you this fucking thing is loaded with special features i would actually recommend buying it um because of how many how many special features there's three audio commentaries there's a bunch of featurettes i think there's like 30 minutes of deleted scenes but it's all aimed towards not only the life of domino harvey and domino harvey herself but also uh, like to tony scott in his style and i think it's a good melding like i like after you watch the film, you you can watch a commentary where they're basically snipping production. Uh, like it's a it's a commentary with uh, with Tony Scott and Richard Kelly, with Domino Harvey also included in it. And it's basically production meetings, script meetings, and like you know some of those stories that she told and how it evolved. It's a very interesting commentary. There's a whole featurette about Domino Harvey um, and the real life Domino, like you know what was real. Uh, it's definitely a great uh, DVD Blu-ray. I strongly suggest you guys pick it up, but just do a blind buy on this one. I think I I I have the DVD, so I wanted to upgrade the Blu-ray. I think it cost me less than ten bucks. I mean, nowadays that's nothing. And to get a pristine copy of uh, of a Tony Scott film, I you know what to do. And plus, it's a badass woman action film, like woman-based action crime film. How can you go wrong? I, you can't. That's the answer. That's the answer that you're you're looking for. Um, and that'll do it for this week. Uh, you can always reach out to us on social media. We're on Letterboxd, Instagram, and Twitter. The handle is b movie pod the letter b the word movie the word pod all together no lines no dashes no fucking bullshit you can um read my work and the work of the writers on the movie aisle uh the site is the movie uh that's the site that i i'm the progenitor creator owner editor-in-chief um We've got a lot of great material out there. We also have got some. Uh, we've got some new writers coming on, or uh, one new writer, which um, I'm hoping to have on the podcast, and we'll announce shortly. But it's all to say, there's some really great stuff going on in the movie aisle. I I hope and implore you to check out the website uh, to take a look at some of the great content that we have on there. Uh, speaking of badass women, um, one of our guest contributors, Kristen Lopez has a ongoing monthly series called her story where she's looking at other badass women of cinema that have been maligned, um, uh, critiqued to the point of being labeled troublesome when maybe they're not. Uh, she reassesses people's careers and she's already on the third one and the fourth one will be coming at the end of the month. I strongly suggest you guys go onto the website and take a look at that. If, um, if this series has been something that you're very interested in and we'll be back next time where we're going to look at F Gary Gray's set it off the, um, the much underseen and underappreciated, uh, women, a woman heist film, which, uh, I have a lot to say about and it's a lot of good things. So, uh, until next time, talk to you soon. Heads you live, tails you die. You know how it is? You know how it go? Hell yeah. Out there trying to just eat, live, huh, survive. What? Yeah. What?
trying to make a living. Working. Yeah. Struggle. Yeah. 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 Yeah.